Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 109 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is finding your spirituality in tarot. And I have a very special guest. I will be speaking today with Tatiana Tarot. Hello, Tatiana. Hello, Teresa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me on the platform. Well, I am absolutely honored to have you. You know, I've been watching you over the years just grow and grow and grow, and you uh, certainly are, you're so unique. You have such a great tarot voice, and so this is exciting for me. Les, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Well, anyhow, let's let's get to our topic. You know, so most people, you know, they consider tarot like this tool for divination. But, you know, as you and I know, because we're both longtime readers, tarot can also be a tool, a spiritual tool. It could be a tool for spirituality and liberation. And so what I'd love to talk to you about is how somebody might be able to use tarot to connect with their spirituality. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's really interesting. Like you mentioned, a lot of people use or, or, or perceive tarot to be a tool to predict one's future. On a personal note, I actually like to use the, the tarot to maybe fine-tune my intention and my, my connection to self and my connection to the energies around me. And so I feel like by simply carving up some sacred space and, and pulling out the cards and really reflecting on the archetypes and the messages, it gives you a lens on what, what you're currently projecting, what energy you're currently projecting in the present moment that's lending to particular outcomes in your life, what standpoint um, are you established in, um, essentially, and, and so it, it kind of gives me like a big wake-up call as mm. to, okay, you know, I'm trying to get to point C, I'm operating on point A, this isn't working out, this is what it's given me, now how do I fill in the blanks so I can get the result that I'm seeking, or, you know, what, what, are, what are the symbols around me that's cluing me into my behaviors internally and externally? So um, it's a very big, awesome meditative tool. And I think for me personally, spirituality deals a lot with introspection. Mm -hmm. Um, It deals a lot with meditation, contemplation, really focusing on what is my intention? How do I connect to this present moment? How am I connecting to the energetic forces around me? Be that with nature, be that with the people in my life, be that with my career, et cetera, et cetera. So it really, it, it really helps you to clear that up, and, and it's super informative tool in that way. Absolutely. And, you know, and spirituality is such a personal thing. It's so unique for each of us. I think each, each person, it doesn't matter even if you come from, you know, a really traditional background. We all have our different way of processing the information, connecting with the divine, and really taking the information that we learn from our spirituality um, and putting it into our own truths. Correct. Absolutely. Um, 
spirituality is something that the individual has to define for themselves and and it's an ongoing practice like i i can even recall um certain belief systems that i've had maybe 10 years ago that have radically changed ever since i've become a mom mm-hmm. and and so you know as you're personally growing as you're experiencing different things in life so will your own spiritual journey and 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 your own tale and you know your own mythology will also grow and reflect on those changes as well. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I would say becoming a mother is like an initiation into a whole nother realm, right? <laughs> yes, I actually mentioned that to a friend not too long ago. I'm like, I feel like I am going through some sort of <laughs> a spiritual initiation, and I don't really understand what it is, but I know that, you know, in retrospect, maybe years from now, I'll, I'll, of course, I'll appreciate it and I'll have a clearer lens on why I had to go through what I went through. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, the, the tarot is, is so rich in archetypes. And a lot of archetypes, you know, that, again, relate to our spiritual belief systems. And, you know, I grew up Catholic. And so for me, as a Catholic, I was able to look at the Hierophant and recognize the Pope, you know. So it was really easy for me. Well, even though the Hierophant, I always like to say, was the hardest card for me to connect with, but I could look at that and say, oh, my God, you know, I I recognize this guy because this is part of my spiritual experience that I've grown up with. So my question is for you, uh, but what about people who come from very different spiritual backgrounds? How might they look at an archetype like the Hierophant and find a way to connect it to their particular path? Well, I would always, I would always say to really focus on the energy of the archetype and what that is communicating and seeing if you have any personal experiences that can parallel that, that you can relate to that archetype. Um, so I, I practice uh, African traditional uh, religion, Ifa, and I had started diving into the, the major arcana and looking at some of the archetypes there and seeing the parallels with certain energies of that tradition that I related to on a personal level, such as, so we're on the theme of motherhood, so we're, um, the empress had actually stood out to me um, a great amount of times because I had been pulling it out frequently during the time that I was pregnant. And also there was this theme of, you know, motherhood in abundance and emotional healing and internal wealth and, uh, uh, and, and care and comfort and, and attributes that parallel one of the deities in my tradition. And so I really go with rather than like, seeking more obvious things to the eye, I really go with how is this feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, whatever spiritual practice that you come from, whether it's you're actually looking for deities to um, compare to archetypes in the deck or, or overall energies, there are a lot of symbols that are very universal that, um, you know, are, are shared amongst the tarot. So you can always go by that. Right on. And, you know, I, I love that you brought up Aoife, too, because we're going to get to that in a second. But, you know, I studied um, the branch of Aoife known as Santeria for many years. 
And one of the things, you know, when you go back and look at the history of it is, you know, of course it comes from Africa. And when the slaves were brought over to places like Cuba, they were forbidden from practicing their religion. So they were, you know, Mm -hmm. supposed to go along and become Catholic. And what they were able to see is like, hey, I'm looking at these Catholic gods, but this is very similar. This is very similar to my God, so we're just going to worship in secret and use these uh, Catholic gods as kind of like a costume. And I thought that was right. so brilliant. It's clever. It's it's survival. You yes. Know? It's, but, in, it's very ingenious. Uh-huh. It is, but it also shows, again, like you can still, no matter what, um, also find ways to connect different archetypes to archetypes that really resonate for you. So I, I really love that. So Correct. let's let's just talk about one thing too, because I want to go back to the Orisha topic in a second and talk about your relationship with that. So some spiritual belief systems think the tarot is really negative, you know. And why do you think that is so? And how might people who are scared of tarot because of their belief systems maybe find something they could relate to in the tarot that isn't negative? Well, I think a lot of people in traditional belief systems are just indoctrinated with this sense of, you know, um, anything that doesn't pertain to this uh, tradition or this law or maybe gives you a sense of personal empowerment is taboo. Or fundamentally, I think there's a lack of understanding in what the tarot does. And, and I think also a lot of it plays out in media portrayal because when we actually see this out in the open, um, it's being used under a very negative context mm-hmm. or very negative way or just a way that seems to diminish the actual power of the tarot. Like someone is using it because they want, they've experienced the heartbreak or, you know, they, you know, an elder witch who's evil who's using it to, like, you know, create a plan to destroy something and things that really, they could be a factor in using the tarot, but it's not the full lens of how it can be used. And so um, I, I think by understanding that it's a tool of healing, by understanding that it's a means of connecting to one's soul and connecting to one's subconscious and helping you to really further become intimate with that and to further understand those elements of self that you've been hiding or you've been resisting, it kind of makes it a little bit more user-friendly. You know, I always tell people that there is actually no power in the tarot. You're, you're giving it power. I mean, it's just only illuminating things that you might already be savvy about, and it's just putting it into terms that are more clearly understandable. Um, there are a deck of cards at the end of the day, and so if that helps, if that helps anyone approach it, I, I, I let people know, like, okay, you know, it's a deck of cards, but don't be afraid by this game essentially it's a game you're to have fun with it it's a it's an educational tool it's a, a tool for introspection and meditation and and inherently um it's all based on the intention of how you use it but for the most part it is it helps you in your personal development and transformation mm-hmm. i also like to say the you know the cards are just cards the magic comes from you exactly 
you're the one that is admitting all this juju that's making it really, you know, powerful, just like anything else, like talismans and and, mm-hmm. and, and spell casting and intentions with, excuse me, and, and rituals. Without your intention, it, it kind of just stands stands alone and has no power. And, you know, the other thing, too, is anything can be used for negativity. I, I like to say, too, like, you know, a hammer is a tool. And it could be used to hang up a beautiful picture. It could be used to bludgeon somebody. It's all depending on your intention. Right, exactly. It all depends on your intention and the way that you want to use that tool to your disposal. So, I mean, that's a great way of putting it. That's a, I got to use that hammer one in the future. Yeah, it works. It's always really effective when somebody's, you know, thinking, oh, my God, these cards are negative. It's like, well, you know, anything. And, you know, for that matter, any spiritual belief system can be used for negativity, too. That's correct. I also think that a lot of people really dwell on particular archetypes that they inherently just think are dark. Yeah. And they don't have a new perspective on that. Like I get a lot of, ooh, the tower is bad and the death card is bad and the ten of swords and, you know, the the classic ones that people want to stay away from but have never really considered that there are different interpretations that in which these cards can actually frame things in a positive standpoint or in a hopeful standpoint, any cards that deal, I find that deal with accountability and responsibility and taking action for oneself are usually the cards that people are like, yeah, I don't like those. That's so true because I think people sometimes really want to believe that life just happens to them. And when you go, I mean, of course, certainly sometimes things do just happen to you. Nobody can, explain, you know, walking and getting hit by a, a, a drunk driver. That's something that happened to you. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are within our control, a lot of things that we get ourselves into. It's not just life happening to us. And to take personal responsibility and to say, well, gee, I made a terrible decision by getting involved with this loser, and I need to get myself right. out of this, for example, um, you know, they want to say, well, you know, fate or the universe or blah, blah, blah. But Oftentimes, it's our decisions that create our situations. Absolutely. And our decisions, um, our frame of mind, Mm -hmm. our belief systems, it all plays a role. Right. And those negative cards, too, serve a purpose. You know, I've heard of people who take the negative cards out of the deck because they only want everything to be fluffy and, oh, yeah, fluffy and light. And that's not... I know that's not how life is. Life is oftentimes we have dark, we have grief, we have times we get ourselves into stupid situations. Why would you not want to deal with that? That's part of your spiritual growth. Absolutely. You have to, I mean, it's not to say that everything provides a lesson. It can, if you're thinking of it in that sort of frame of mind. Sometimes things happen and they just happen, right? Right. But certainly you can take home some sort of awareness that is either going to potentially enhance the future for you or just like make you a little bit more savvy with life due to your personal experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just about being real with yourself and, and knowing that inherently, although you may not have all of the power, you absolutely have control over oneself and you need to be focusing on that and you have to be very realistic that positive things and negative things happen on a daily and you know the more that you are accepting of that reality 
the better you can navigate in life. Totally true. So I want to talk about your spiritual path and how um, you were able to bring that, you know, really see that in the tarot. Now, you practice Aoife. Could you tell people a bit more about your spiritual path, the Orishas, and how you found that really in the tarot? Yeah, so my uh, Aoife, simply put, is kind of like a way of life in Africa. Um, There's reverence to uh, these deities called the Orishas. And the Orishas uh, represent elements and and energies in nature. And they're personified in human form and now, you know, revered as these gods that have transcended very much how in Catholicism there were, you know, actual humans that lived on this earth and then they either become enlightened or because of their service, they're revered and upgraded to saints. So there's that parallel connection with the Orishas who there are these humans that roam the earth that, you know, have gone through personal experiences and have been able to elevate and now are synonymous with energies in nature. Um, And so, uh, you know, revering the Orishas is kind of like honoring natural ways of life in the sense that, let's say, for example, one of the Orishas is Obatala, mm-hmm. who is the father of all Orishas, and he correlates to the sky, and he's known for his cool demeanor and his wisdom, and he brings stability, and he he basically governs humans and their, their human nature and the human experience. And so um, he his element is, you know, the heavens and the sky and, and the, and, 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 uh, excuse me, and the mountains, because it's for, for him, he sits on the top of the mountains to observe everything that is going on. And so we can take like that symbolism as maybe grounding ourselves to be very still in our nature, to not react, but to think proactively about our actions and, 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 and to, to really just administer some sort of wisdom and connect to that inherent sense of of uh, peace that we have in our spirit. And so the thing with Ifa is that we have our own ordained priests and priestesses. And in order to get a spiritual reading where we would want to find out, okay, which Orishas or forces of nature are prevalent in our lives during this time? Or what lesson do I need to learn during these particular trials or themes that I'm experiencing, you would have to go to one of these um, practitioners that Uh have been initiated. And that could be a problem sometimes because people just don't have that, you know, information out in the open or they just don't know who to trust. And so in my own personal practice, although I'm fortunate to have um, a priest of Babalao that I've been working with very closely, um, I discovered that, you know, why can't I use the card to communicate or establish a relationship with these forces of nature, with these orishas, if it's all universal energy, right? Right. And the tarot is known to, co- to, to, to collect all these universal energies and these archetypes within it. Maybe I can get some sort of a similar message. Um, and so I started noting some of the same symbolisms that I can find in the Orishas in the Rider-Waite deck. 
Um, and I would break it down by systems, like, you know, the deck has four soups. So um, Orishas that maybe pertain to water, I'd break that down. Orishas uh, that pertain to earth and fire and air, I'd break that down. And then I'd further break it down with numerology, mm-hmm. um, the energy of the archetype, colors in the deck that parallel the colors of the Orishas and what they would wear. Um, what cards speak out to certain chakras and what chakras relate to certain orishas. And, and so it's, it's an ongoing process, but I found that, you know, certain cards that I would put repetitively would actually be, um, you know, certain orishas would correlate with certain orishas that I would receive in a traditional reading coming out at that time in my life. And so it, it's, it really started as a personal experiment that kind of became its own living thing that I've shown friends and clients how to do, you know, just in case they're, they're wanting to explore, they're wanting to find a deeper connection with that practice. Um, and I also use that sort of energy as well, or that sort of reading to connect with ancestors too. So it's kind of like what we were discussing, how you can use the tarot for your own spiritual faith, it doesn't just have to be um, a singular, you know, a, a singular practice here. Right on. And, you know, I can see so much of the Orishas in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Like, for example, when we mentioned Obatala, Obatala could be the hermit, or Obatala could be temperance because Obatala is, you know, Absolutely. the god of the white cloth. I could see a Legua being the fool but also the devil because, you know, he's... Right. He's provocative. I could see Oya being the tower because of the winds blowing everything down, even though she's the goddess of death. You know, so all of that stuff is there, and people just have to find a way to look for how this can connect with their spirituality, just like the slaves back in the day for Santeria and Voodoo, they connected their Yoruban gods to the the saints, the Catholic saints. So. We can we can bring it all together. Yeah, really think about. I mean, just in terms of us humans having um, multifaceted personalities, energies are abundant. So think of various ways. Let's say if you are trying to connect the cards to a deity or um, a saint, just think of all the characteristics and the personalities that that saint um, exemplifies. You know, mm-hmm. does that or that sort of energy, do they correlate with a particular number? You know, uh, are there colors mm-hmm. that they relate to? Um, are there particular symbols like maybe a white dove or a, a, a castle or something that is in connection that maybe stands out in your reading? So, yes, it's really like looking and paying attention to the details and making those connections that really speak loudly to you. And I think that's a really brilliant piece of advice for people who are looking to find their spiritual path in tarot, no matter what that path may be. Um, you know, look for the things that correlate. Look for the things that make sense. Look for the things that connect with something you recognize. Absolutely. This has been such a fascinating conversation, Tatiana. I could talk all day about this. Same. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and 
Um, I would love it if you would let my audience know where they can find you because I think a lot of people are going to want to work with you. I like to say you're the one, the one reader to keep an eye on. You are like blowing up, and people need to get in before uh, it's going to be too hard to get in with you. So where can, <laughs> where can they find you? Never that. Um, <laughs> you can find me on my website. That is myurbanillumination.com and my social media handles, which is at Tatiana Tarot, and it's Tatiana with two N's. You'll find me on Instagram and Twitter. And I will tell people, please do follow Tatiana because she's very wise. She's got a real gift for this stuff. Uh, again, she's she's one of those people you want to get in now because uh, she's going to be big. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites, and you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging this podcast, take a moment to go to iTunes and leave a positive review because that's going to help more tarot-curious people find their way to tarot bites. And, of course, I love to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day. Let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. If you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. (laughs) 